spiritually? All right. Well, if you have your Bibles, get them out. Hallelujah. The Lord gave me a message this week. I, once again, I upped my praying in tongues. I prayed in tongues more than I have. And all of a sudden, it downloaded. I mean, this message just, poof, within the matter of five minutes. I always have that paper and, and, and pen, and, and I'm just uh, writing it down. So th- I'm telling you, this is a word from the Holy Ghost today. Amen? Yeah. I want to talk about a topic that has the potential to keep you in your God-given destiny. And it has the potential to pull you out of your God-given destiny. I want to encourage you today, pay very, very close attention to this message. Go with me to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, 21 through 25. I want to welcome the visitors, first-time visitors. Amen. If you're here the second time, sorry, your family. Amen. And I want to welcome all those watching online around the world right now. Hallelujah. Welcome to Living Waters Chapel in Carroll, Michigan. Amen? Mark chapter 4. Man, I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost on me still. Praise God. Mark four twenty one through 25. And he, Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? For there is nothing hidden which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret that, should, uh, that it should come to light. If anyone, anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then he, Jesus, said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has... To him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now go with me down the road a little to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I always feel, before the service, uh, the night before, I, I feel a stirring. Last night I really just felt a stirring, an excitement that something was just, just it's going to be different, say different. If you haven't figured me out by now, I don't like normal things. Amen. I want revival. Amen. I want revival. I want outpouring. We're contending for that. Amen. No time to sit back. Here we go. Luke 8, 16 through 18. And it says these words. No one, Jesus said, no one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel or puts it under a bed but sets it on a lampstand that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is secret that will not be revealed, nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Here we go. Therefore, take heed how you hear. For, whatever, for whoever has, to him more will be given, and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away. Now, both of these passages that I just read, both of these passages were both after they followed Jesus talking about the parable of the sower. You remember the parable of the sower? The parable of the sower is uh, talking about the Word of God being a seed and planting the seed of God's Word in the heart of people. Amen? Now... 
The problem was never with the seed. All right? The problem was always with the condition or the ground of the person's heart that was receiving the seed. Amen? The Word of God is called the incorruptible seed. So we know there's no problem with the seed. Amen? Again, the problem is with the heart, the ground where the seed is being planted. Jesus said, you shall know them by their what? Fruit. Oh, the ground of your heart is so important. Are you hearing me? There are two gates that lead to your heart. I talked about this before, but there's two gates that lead to your heart. I'm not talking about your physical pump now. I'm talking about your heart. Amen? Your soul. Two gates. Say two. Two. Number one, your eye gate. Number two, your ear gate. Hearing and sight. Those are the two gates or entry points that lead to your soul. Have you ever heard the phrase or or the saying that the eyes are the window of the soul? Yeah. Quite often when I'm ministering deliverance and a demon pops up in somebody, you can see that thing right through the, right through the eyes. Why? Because it's the window of the soul. Are you following me? But whatever you allow to pass through those two gates will determine the condition of your heart and the direction of your life. That is why the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness are both trying to get through both gates. They are vying for your attention. Are you hearing me? They need your attention for them to get in and to affect you. Those gates, the eye gate and the ear gates, they are extremely precious. But many don't understand the value of those gates. Amen? God and Satan both value They both know the value of those gates. They're very important. I'm telling you right now. Oh, get ready. If you have your Bible, go with me to uh, Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 23. We need to guard and protect our heart. Protect those gates at all costs. Amen? Look at this. Proverbs 4, 23. It says, keep your heart with all diligence. In other words, pay attention what's going through those gates. Amen? Amen. Don't be like the southern border of the U.S. right now. Come on, somebody. Amen? Don't let illegal aliens, the enemy, come through your, the gates of your eyes or your ear gate. Amen? You better have some customs set up. Oh, come on, somebody. Today, I want to focus on one of those gates. I want to focus on your ear gate. The title of my message is simply this, the importance of hearing. The importance of hearing. Now, there is something very interesting about these two accounts. The one I read in Mark and the one I read in Luke. Mark 4 points out the fact that Jesus said to take heed, be very cautious of what you hear. And then in Luke 8, it's the same thing. It's the same account, but the Holy Spirit reveals that Jesus said something else as well. He said, be very careful, take heed how 
you hear. There's what you hear and how you hear. Say that with me. There's what I hear and there's how I hear. This is, this is very important. This is no mistake in the Word of God. There's no mistakes in the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation. It's all inspired by the Holy Ghost. Amen? It was written by the Holy Ghost. You do know that. The Holy Ghost is the author. God used man to write the words on paper. It said they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's why you have absolute unity from Genesis to Revelation. If someone tells you the Word of God has flaws in it, nope, their understanding has flaws, not the Word of God. You always give the right away, here it is, to the Word of God. Don't let some person say there's a flaw in it. No, if you read two things that seem to contradict, no, the the problem is the person's understanding. Oh, that's good. But Jesus said, be careful what you hear and be careful how how you hear. So I want to break those two down. I want to begin by talking about being careful about what we hear. What you hear, Jesus is talking about this. He's talking about the content that goes through this ear gate. Say content. (laughs) Words, by the way, are a spiritual force. Words are spiritual. They're containers. They either contain the the flesh or the things from the enemy, or they contain the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen? They are containers. I love how Proverbs 16, 24 said, it says, pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health, listen to this, and health to the bones. Words that are anointed by the Holy Spirit have power to literally heal your body. In fact, I found out in deliverance ministry, many people who deal with arthritis have dealt with receiving uh, word curses and negative words from people, even from a young child. Come on, somebody. Romans ten seventeen says, so you listen, you've got to be very careful what you speak to your loved ones. You've got to be very careful what you speak to individuals. Amen. Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But we also know then that fear and every other negative emotion comes the same way. Because hearing's just a neutral thing. Are you hearing me? Hearing is hearing. The question is, what are you letting through those gates? Amen. We're always hearing something. We're always hearing something. There are some things in your life, by the way, that you can't control what you hear, right? How many of you, you've been in a workplace, you know, you, you got some, some jerk who's constantly saying the Lord's name in vain or something, or you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it happens all the time in the secular workplace. It's grievous, isn't it? I mean, you can talk to the person, but ultimately you can't control their free will, Right? So there's some things that you cannot control when you're out in public. You can't control those things, right? You cannot control a person's free will. And if you are, that's called witchcraft, by the way. (laughs) Amen. We don't do that around here. Amen. But you can control 
who is in your inner circle. You can control uh, what you are opening in your ear, uh, letting through your ear gate in your own life. You can control what music you're letting infiltrate you with. Amen. All right. You can control, um, you know, any any raunchiness and, and all these things that Hollywood created. Amen. Words create a, because words are a spiritual force, they create a spiritual atmosphere because words invite, say invite. They either invite the kingdom of God or they invite the kingdom of darkness into your life. Okay. That's why it creates a spiritual atmosphere. Now, Listen to this. Music was so powerful. In 1 Samuel 16, 23, David played a harp for Saul. And it said when David, David was anointed. How many of you know that? He was a psalmist. He was anointed by the Holy Spirit. When David played the harp, it said an evil spirit left Saul and brought him relief. Oh, here we go. Ready? Seatbelts, everyone, come on. Here we go. If anointed music can make demons leave and bring healing and relief, the wrong music can invite evil spirits into your life. Amen? Now, here's the deal. I'm not saying that all secular music is, is demonic or anything like that. But here's how you'll know it. Are you ready for this? What does that music stir up on the inside of your heart? If that music you're listening to stirs you up sexually, if it stirs you up anger, if it stirs up rebellion in you, if it stirs up it want you to do actions to cause you to sin and get away from God, you know there's a wrong spirit attached to that music. Come on, somebody. Come on. I mean, Listen to this. If a song was written where the artist says, I was high when I wrote that song. You really think the Holy Ghost is on it? If a song was written by someone who is entrenched in dark arts, black magic, and the occult. Do you, what spirit do you think is going to be attached to that? Amen? <clears throat> now, so, but listen, at, at the very least... It can be a distraction. Here's If it's not going to invite the wrong spirit in your life, are you ready for this? It's at the very least a distraction from the enemy to unhook you from the kingdom of God in your life. And that's all the enemy wants. If he can just do enough to unhook you from the kingdom of God, the disconnect, say disconnect. Now, all, that's what he's trying to do. The enemy's just trying to disconnect your thought life from. Amen? Now, i got to tell you, there are some secular songs that when I hear them, I can actually listen to it, and I, uh, and I, and I think of the Lord when I hear them. Right, amen? Don't put God in a box. Amen? But, but at the very least, what the enemy's trying to do, like I said, like I can't, Hit this enough. He's trying to unhook you in your thought life from the Word of God. There's been times when, man, I felt the anointing so strong leaving a church service or 
trying to go go to a service and I'm and I and I'm you know I've been praying in tongues and reading the word and I am fired up. I am focused. And then there's times when I'll go into a place and a secular song is on, you know, they like a Marilyn Manson or something like that, all right? And it's like, whoa, whoa, my goodness. And it, and it kind of knocks your equal, spiritual equilibrium. Are you hearing me? That's all the devil wants to do. Think of a top that's spinning, spinning, right? All the devil wants to do is this. Bing, whoa, and then it's going all over the place. It disconnects you from the kingdom of God. Are you getting this? Now, many Christians think there is God, the devil, and the flesh. Nope. There's God and the devil. Here's why. Because the flesh is connected to the kingdom of darkness. Oh, my, my, my. A couple people got it. A couple people got it. If it's the flesh, the enemy loves it. Come on, somebody. Now, there have literally been some musicians, secular musicians, that literally have come out and said, are you ready for this? They said, we put spells on our music. We put spells on these albums. They're literally casting spells, connecting demon spirits to the music and to the songs. Now, there is a documentary on YouTube. Write this down. It's called, They Sold Their Souls for Rock and Roll. You heard it, anybody? Yes, you have. They sold their souls for rock and roll. Now, it has rock and roll in the, in the title, but it talks about all different kinds of music, and it exposes how the enemy has crept in and some of these musicians, what they have said, and how they connect themselves to Lucifer, how they've connected themselves to the devil. It's It's unbelievable. I mean, it's very eye-opening. Now, many Christians say, well, nobody can sell their soul, right? You can't sell that which God owns. No, 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 here's where you're wrong. You ready for this? Oh, yeah, you can sell your soul because we are called to renew our mind. The maintenance of the soul is us. So the answer to your question is yes, you can sell your soul to the devil. Your mind, will, and emotions. The condition of your soul is up to you. It's up to me. And many who's in the secular, uh, you know, music industry, movies, whatever, they literally have sold their soul for money and fame. Listen to me. Oh, my goodness. There's a movie called Grace Unplugged. Have you ever seen that? Rent it. It's a Christian movie. Powerful. It talks about, it's about the music industry where there's this, Great Christian girl, she sang for the Lord, and a, and a guy comes along from Hollywood and offers her the world. Money, fame, she takes it. She falls away from the Lord. She sold her soul to the devil. But let me tell you this. Many think they have favor with the devil when they do it. Many think they have favor with the world. But listen to me, there will be a payday. When the kingdom of darkness will turn on them and spit them out. Are you hearing me, somebody? And it will drag them all the way to the pits of hell. Amen. So whoever I'm speaking to, whether in here or online, it's not worth it. Amen. It's not worth it. Come back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 
Hollywood knows this truth. Most, most of Hollywood, how many of you know, most of Hollywood is run by the enemy. You know, everyone talks up the glamour. The glamour of Hollywood. The, the lights. The, well, Marianne and I went there a couple times. And when we are there, I'm walking through there thinking, this is it. This place is a dump. This, this is it. It's amazing how the world, how they can talk this stuff up. How the media, the media hypes this stuff up, right? American Idol, all these things, right? I was walking through there. This place is a dump. And you can feel the, the demonic stronghold on that place. Satan has taken the spiritual law of the power of the words, the power of hearing words, and has perverted it to his benefit for his evil kingdom. And sadly, there's evil casualties because of it. Because of this, they failed to take heed of what is going through the ear gate. Amen? And the eye gate, but I'm talking about the hearing today. But there are Christians that are in Hollywood that they're trying to glorify Jesus. I mean, (laughs) there's some bold ones. And and a lot of people say, well, you know, know, like a a Justin Bieber or something. He gets on stage and and he he talks about Jesus and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, Justin Bieber. And then the next breath, he's for abortion. So you know what happens? A whole generation is worshiping Justin Bieber and saying, well, if he's a Christian, he loves Jesus, he, abortion's okay, it must be okay. Are you following me? That's the perversion of Hollywood. So you better be careful. That's why it says, by their fruit, you will know them. Not by their testimony, not by even the words that come out of their mouth, because they can be deceiving. Are you seeing how the devil uses this and, and it strategizes? So all these people are following him, and he's believing this trash that's against the word. Listen, if anybody in Hollywood says they love Jesus and they're believing something against the word, nope, I call foul. Amen? Amen? But Hollywood is a major spiritual battleground. It's a mountain that we as Christians need to take. Amen? Jesus warned us as Christians to take heed what we hear. Because if we allow the wrong things into our ear gate, you ready for this? It will stir up the lust of the flesh. And it will overpower our born-again spirit. What you feed in your life will become the strongest. What you feed in your life will be the strongest, your spirit man or your flesh. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. People are so gullible. Yeah, I'm telling you. I mean, they, you know, they're, they're so addicted to acceptance. They so bad want their, their celebrity crush to love Jesus. Oh, they're, they're talking. See, 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 Beyonce's talking about Jesus. Yeah, right. She's half naked out there and she's for all this junk. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. That's nothing but the spirit of the world. Amen? It says the devil is the prince of the power of the air. It's interesting that music and television, movies, it comes through the airwaves. Amen? Think about it. Galatians 5, 16 through 21. 
It says, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other, so that you do not uh, do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the, now that's, where, <laughs> that's where a lot of Christians stop. Let's, let's keep going a little bit, shall we? Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication or sex before marriage or sex outside of marriage, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and underline this, and the like. That's just a partial list. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice, say practice, You know what that means? It means those who make a lifestyle out of those things. There's no repentance. You messed up? Fine. Repent. Turn. Serve the Lord now. Amen? Amen. That those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, the Word of God tells us to walk in the Spirit and we will not fulfill the lust or the desires of the flesh. Basically, stay connected to the kingdom of God in your thought life. You've got to stay connected to the kingdom of God in your thought life. Everything Satan does to come against us is in our thought life. Again, he's trying to unhook you from the kingdom of God. He's trying to disconnect your thought life from the Word of God. Amen? The enemy is constantly trying to awaken, stir up fleshly desires because he knows that if we take the bait, it will lead us, it will, it will lead us in our actions down a path that is sin. Amen. And that, that will kill, steal and destroy and benefit Satan's kingdom. Now, remember the enemy, John 10, 10, Jesus said the enemy comes to steal Kill and to destroy. Are you ready for this? Steal, kill, and destroy starts from the inside out. It starts with the condition of your heart. That's why it's so important. What are you letting through your ear gate? Amen? The condition of your heart. So he starts on the inside. That's why the first room he always visits is your imagination realm. Come on. How many of you... Listen... If you if you've sinned or done something, I guarantee you you've seen it in your in your imagination first. Why? Because you gave place to it in your thought life. Amen. The steal, kill, and destroy happens from the inside out. Amen. You just didn't end up with in bed with somebody else. It started from the inside out. Amen. Now it says that the the word of God uh, says that the works of the flesh are evident. In other words, that word evident is saying, the word evident is saying there's going to be outward actions that prove these things. Amen? They're outward actions, all right? They are evident. They can be clearly seen by your outward actions. That's why Jesus said, you will know them by their fruit. So actually, there's two things. There's the, your words and your actions. You know, Justin Bieber might be talking about Jesus, but his actions aren't backing it up. 
right? You've got to have both. Say, I got to have both. And it all starts in your heart. That's why the parable of the sower is so important. There's no problem with the word. The problem is always with the ground of your heart. You getting anything out of this? If your heart is pure, your words and actions are going to be pure. Both of them. It all goes back to that one saying. I love this. You ready for this? Garbage in. Come on. Garbage out. Garbage in, garbage out. Every moment moment of the day, listen to me, we are programming our heart with what we allow into our ear gate. You know, there's a programming going on. Say, I'm programming myself. Every day. And you notice that's why when you watch the, the fake news, somebody, they're always trying to instill that fear in you. They're always speaking lies because some of the enemies in the past said, if we speak a lie long enough, these idiots will believe it. The, where do you think these evil individuals got that principle from? The devil. Because the devil knows the power of the hearing better than anybody else in the universe other than God. Oh, my, my, my. I'm talking about the importance of hearing today. The enemy's uh, constantly trying to stir up our fleshly desires. That's why the Word of God says in Romans 13, 14, ready for this? He said, put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Come on, somebody. You know what that means? Make no provision for the flesh. Some guy says, oh, Pastor James, I have a porn problem. I said, I can help you with that. I can help you solve that in a heartbeat. He goes, really? I said, yeah, what's that? Tell your wife. Ooh, that was bosses. There was a microphone. Mic drop. Come on, somebody. Oh, and all the men said, oh, no. All the girls said, amen. I know I heard that. I love that one. <laughs> so then we got to deal with the porn problem, then a marriage counseling as well. But we'll do it for you. I got all the time in the world to help you guys out. Amen. <sighs> my, my, my. And drops of sweat started pouring down people. <laughs> all right. Glory to God. But. It says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. In other words, stay in him, abide in him. Remember John 15, abide in him and don't make provision for the flesh. If you are a past alcoholic, don't go into a bar. Come on, somebody. Don't make it easy to sin. That's why Jesus said, if your hand, you know, commits or or causes you to sin, cut it off. All he's saying is don't make provision for that thing. Oh, man, people who who have these issues and bondages in their life, they're always making provision for it. Say provision. Don't do it. Don't do it. Go to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. Don't let anything pass through your ear gate or eye gate that will tempt you to sin. Amen? This is, this is common sense, solid biblical teaching today. Amen? This is solid. Say solid. solid. Say, wow, Pastor James, you're solid today on this. Yeah. 
Amen. We need the word. It's the word that sets us free. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Romans 6. Say, I still love you, Pastor James. All right, great. Okay, Romans 6, 11 through 14. Listen to this. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lust. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Now, so we are commanded, I love this, and I guarantee you many people read through that, that verse, that passage, and they just kind of read through it. Let's break, say, break it down. Come on. There we go. Let's break it down. We are commanded to reckon ourselves. That word reckon means consider yourselves to be dead to sin. Now, here's the deal. A dead person has no desire to sin. Did you hear me? It says, reckon yourselves, consider yourselves dead to sin. Amen? That reckoning, that reckoning or considering ourselves dead to sin, guess where it takes place? In your thought life. It takes place in your thought life. If you still see yourself as a sinner, if you're seeing yourself as someone who's in deep bondage, guess what you're going to do? You're going to follow it. But if you will reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, when sin comes a-knocking, you say, no, 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 sin, I'm dead. Jesus lives in me now. I'm not the old person I used to be. I'm not sleezing around at that bar anymore. I'm not looking at that pornography anymore. I'm not... Come on, somebody. When the devil comes knocking, you tell him, I have a new address. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I sit with Christ in heavenly places. And listen, and that all takes place in your thought life, your heart. Amen. That's why the Word of God is very clear. What you allow in will affect your life, will affect your destiny. Listen, you can start brand new today. Brand new. You messed up. Guess what? It's a new day. That's the grace of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. It said, sin shall not have dominion over you, for you're not under the law, but under grace. Now, grace is God's unmerited favor. It means it's favor that you did not even earn. You can't be good enough to earn God's favor. Are you hearing me? Many view grace. I got to touch this because it's so prevalent in the body of Christ. It's a shame, but it is. Many view grace as a license to sin. Oh, well, I'm going to go do what I want to do. God will forgive me. Oh, I'll, I'm going to go do what I'm going to do. And, you know, I'll just ask for forgiveness after. You really think God's just winking at that? You really, you really think the creator of all things, who knows your heart, who knows all that? Do you really think, are you really stupid enough? To think that God's not taking that into account when he's looking over your life. Let me break this down. The grace of God is the power to overcome sin in your life. It's not a license to sin. Are you hearing me? Listen to this. Let me break this passage down even more. 
It's saying that if we will reckon or consider ourselves to be dead to sin, but alive unto God in our thought life. Are you ready for this? Here's how we will get over it. This this is revelation from the Holy Ghost, okay? Here it is. You ready for it? When you consider or reckon yourself dead to sin, here's what happens. The Holy Ghost says, oh, that's my invitation. This person's free will wants to obey me. So now that's an invitation to the Holy Spirit to give you strength to overcome the sin. Mm, Okay, a couple of you got it. A couple of you got it. The first thing that needs to happen for that invitation of the Holy Spirit is to consider yourself dead to sin. Many Christians are considering themselves alive to it. And then they wonder why they're still in bondage. Because the Holy Ghost says, I'm waiting for you still. I'm waiting for you to make up your mind that you're done eating out of the pig slop. I'm waiting on you. Now, when you start reckoning reckoning and considering yourself dead indeed to sin, then the Holy Ghost says, great, you just gave me permission to help you overcome it. I've never seen it broke down like that before. But you are choosing obedience to the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit says, now I'll help you. That's why I always say, that's why I always say the Holy Spirit is your co-pilot, not your captain. You're the captain of your life. The whole, you're the doer of the Word of God. The Holy Spirit's the helper. Amen? Amen. The, listen, the doer in the cockpit is the captain. The helper <laughs> is that co-pilot. Amen. The Holy Spirit's the co-pilot. He's trying to give you some instructions. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, write this down if you're taking notes. The Holy Spirit knows when you're serious or not. Like I said, we can't fool Him. We first engage. This is so key. This is so key to every area in the spirit realm in the kingdom of God. This is a law right here. You ready? Here it is. We first engage the Holy Spirit in our thought life. And then in prayer. You first engage, connect with Him in your thought life. And then that moves on into prayer. But it first has to take place in the thought life, all right? Now, when Jesus warns us to take heed what we hear, He was telling us to be a lot. He's telling us to be wise, be alert, be aware of, our, of your surroundings, of where you're willingly placing yourself to receive, here it is, content. That's how. Now, let's switch gears. Say switch. I want to switch gears here and talk about how we hear. Are you ready for this? This is a real interesting study. In fact, I could have kept going and going. I'm sitting at my desk thinking, man, I, I, could, I could do 20 pages on this, but I guess I won't let keep the people here that long. But, but listen to this. The warning of how we hear is just as important as the warning of what we hear. All right? Here we go. This is powerful. How you hear depends on the condition of your soul, your mind, will, and emotions. Jesus is warning us about hearing truth and rejecting it based on the condition of your mind, okay, your heart, and hearing deception and receiving it. So Jesus is saying, take heed, because if your soul's not right, 
something you're going to receive something you should have rejected and you're going to reject something you should have received amen go with me to romans 12 1 through 2 romans 12 1 through 2 it's a passage i read all the time guess what i'm going to keep reading until jesus comes or i go home to be with him in heaven amen we can never hear a verse or a passage enough amen because i've read this so many times and new revelation pops every time i read this thing Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Here it is. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, The condition of your soul, mind, will, and emotions, is formed by one of two things in your life. It's either being conformed or pressed into the mold of this world system, or it's being transformed and changed by the Word of God. Amen? And let me tell you something, the renewing of your mind process, it's a constant process. You will never be done with it until you go home to be with Jesus. Amen? It's a constant changing process. And this is how people fall away from the truth. Once they were in the truth, but they allowed the world to conform and to shape and shift their belief system, and they end up falling away. Amen? Now, here's the deal. If your mind is transformed and totally changed by the Word of God, uh, opposite of the world, you will recognize truth when it's spoken to you and you will rejoice in it. On the other hand, if you're being pressed into the mold and being conformed by this world system, come on somebody, in your thought life, you will be offended by the truth of God's Word because it cuts against the grain of this world system. You can always tell where someone's soul, mind, will, and emotions are at. Because that's why it says the Word of God is quick, powerful, and what? Sharper than any two-edged sword. Because when you speak the Word, you can tell, oh yeah, I'm a Christian. And then you speak the Word and they get offended by it. Oh, that just revealed you, baby. Come on, somebody. Amen? So... A great example is, you know, a lot of Christians, I I don't know why, but they get offended when I stand up here at the pulpit and I say they shouldn't vote for political candidates that approve of abortion, homosexuality, and all this other junk, okay? Now, so a lot of them get offended when I say that, okay? That shows me where their mind, will, and emotions are at. It shows me, remember, it's your soul is formed by one of two things, conformed or pressed into the mold of this world system, or it's transformed, totally changed by the word of God. If your mind, if your mind or thought life is out of alignment with the word of God, truth will offend you. If your mind has been transformed, like I said, you will rejoice. When you hear something, here's the powerful thing. Remember, Jesus said this, be careful how you hear. Ready? When you and I hear something, it always runs through the filter, say filter, of your mind or your thought life and emotional wounds. Oh, oh, pastor's going to do a little emotional healing today. Amen. 
For example, let me just tell you something. Um, my stepson, Hayden, he was the Oxford shooting. He goes to Oxford High School. He was in that building, and he, he was in that hallway. He heard the gunshots go off. He was one of the first to run out of the building and go to, go to safety. But it affected him. It affected him in a major way. And we, were, we went to a, um, a Christian concert down in Ypsilanti um, you know, at the beginning of the year. And the band on the stage was Skillet. Some of you were there, right? Oh, come on. You know Skillet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Skillet was on stage, okay, a Christian rock band. And they use explosions in their, in their concert. And so all of a sudden, so we're standing there and, you know, listening to the music. And all of a sudden, boom, like this. And I kid you not, Hayden immediately started bawling. And he felt like he was in that hallway again. It's an emotional soul wound. He heard it, and it filtered through his soul, through his heart. Are you, are you following me? He has emotional scars, memories, and pain from that. That sound filtered through his mind, through his emotions, you know. And um, many people deal with that kind of a thing, you know. Many Christians uh, have rejection from their past. And this is an epidemic in the body of Christ. I mean, say epidemic. I mean, this is huge in the body of Christ. Okay? Many Christians have rejection from their past that they, they haven't dealt with maybe on a, on a full level. And, and it's a wound on the inside of them. So if someone talks to them or says something, it runs through the filter of that rejection. Amen. Amen. It's, it's just a fact, right? I'm not picking on anybody. We've all dealt with it. I've been through church hurt in the past. Oh, my goodness. Anybody been through a little church hurt? Absolutely. I've been through it. I've been, and there was a time in, in my life in the past when I had church hurt, and, and everything I would hear, it'd be a, it'd be a, I'd get offended by it. I'd, I'd just get offended. It would just stir me up. And I'm like, finally, I'm like, why am I doing this? And the Lord said, because what you hear always funnels through your soul. Isn't that interesting? And that's the same with any form of abuse. If anybody's ever been through any verbal, spiritual, emotional abuse, it, you, what you hear always, this is why Jesus said, be careful, take heed how you hear. Because Jesus said this, because listen, there might be something in my life that someone needs to speak into. And if my soul isn't healed, and when someone says it to me, instead of saying, you know what, you're right, I say, oh, Forget them. I'm out of here. And I, and I tell them to get out of my life. Are you hearing me? This is why Jesus said, be careful how you hear. That's why we need healing in our emotions. That's why emotional healing is so important for the Christian. Some people go 70, 80, 90, 100 years with not dealing with the junk in their soul. And they've rejected the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. They rejected the Holy Ghost. They rejected the will of God for their life because instead of seeing it as truth, they rejected it based on the cobweb of their soul wounds. Oh, this is good. Oh, my goodness. I want you to notice, according to Romans 12, 2, that a renewed mind will always prove. It says, it says that a person with a renewed mind will always prove the good 
acceptable and perfect will of God. They will make decisions based. Uh, they, they, won't make, they won't make decisions that are based on a flawed filter in their soul. Because when your, your, your emotions, when your emotions are healed, oh, come on, when your mind is renewed, now you can see things clearer. That's why you got, when the Holy Ghost starts moving and we start doing some things that are kind of church unusual, you know, some people are like, oh, what's this? Well, renew your mind and you'll find out. Come on, somebody. Amen. Because an unrenewed mind is detached from spiritual reality because they're always looking at the natural realm and their comfort zone, their filter of their soul wounds. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my, my, my. Man, I, I just feel like I'm camping out on this. This is something that's so important in the body of Christ. We need to get healed in our soul, in our emotions. Amen. There's nothing wrong with our spirit, man. It says our spirit man's born again. The Holy Ghost lives in there. Man, our spirit man's saying, woohoo, yeah. And our soul is saying, calm down, spirit man. Do you know, do you know what the switch is? The switch, it's like on a train track, right? I said it before. When you pull the lever and you switch tracks, you know what it, what's the switching point walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit? You guessed it, your soul. So if you never heal your soul, guess what? The best you're ever going to do in life is be a carnal Christian. The best you're going to do is focus on this natural realm and get your butt kicked by the enemy all day. My goodness. So our flawed filter in our soul rejects anything that doesn't fit into the little box of our comfort zone. Amen? I'm almost done. Hang with me. It's before noon anyways. So. (laughs) I love preaching. I could do this all day. Amen? Other than the fact I feel like I got fire up, shut up in my bones here. Woo, glory. Uh, all right. But that person will reject truth because their soul it's, is corrupted by the world. And it's not connected or rooted in the kingdom of God. Their thought life is detached from the mind and will of God. That's why Romans 12.2 says that a person with a renewed mind, that's the one that will be able to pinpoint the will of God in their life. Now, some people are saying, I don't know what the will of God is for my life. Renew your mind. Get connected to the Holy Ghost. Come on, detach from the world system. Amen? Your purpose isn't found in the world anyways. The world is trash. The world's going to melt away. Come on, somebody. Listen, young, even the young kids, even the older people, but, but even the young kids, you know, who are just starting to rise up and get popular in school and all that, it's all hogwash. All these cliques, all the things. That, it's, it's worthless. It's vain. It means nothing. Nothing in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ. That's why Paul said everything in the world and all that, it's all dung compared to knowing Christ. That's what Paul said. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, so when we're renewing our mind with the Word of God, we are healing our thought life. We are healing our mind and our emotions, and that directly impacts our will. It's no mistake. Listen to me now. It's no mistake that the soul is compromised 
uh, comprised of the uh, mind, will, and emotions. Renewing your mind will affect your emotions, and it will affect your will in a positive way. You see the, trans, the, the progression on that? Mind, will, and emotions. You renew one, it's going to affect all three of those. Amen? But let me go a little bit deeper. Jesus commanded, uh, Jesus' command to take heed, how you hear, is directly connected to renewing your mind for another reason. You ready for this? And I kind of touched on it, but let's go a little bit deeper with a quick example. To sharpen our discernment, not to fall in deception from the enemy. Amen? The enemy is always t- trying to deceive us as Christians, always trying to knock us off course. And, and it's not always going to be noticeable. The enemy doesn't come with a pitchfork and horns, right? Come on, amen. He doesn't come with brownies that are, that are dog poo. No, no, no. They're real brownies. They just have a little dog poo in them. Come on, somebody. Come on, right? You think the enemy's just going to knock on you? Excuse me, I'm Lucifer. I'd like to come into your house. No, he's not going to do that. There's always a deception involved with it. Say deception. There's always a deception. So we cannot afford to be disconnected from the kingdom of God or the Holy Spirit. We need his discernment at work in our lives daily to expose the enemy. Now, go with me to Acts 16. This is my last passage here, and I'm done. All right? So Acts chapter 16. That's why we can't be so gullible when a celebrity says stuff, uh, spiritual things, right? Don't be so gullible, all right? All right, so. So Acts chapter 16, 16 through 19. This is a very good example here that the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you. I, I talked about it before, but I'm bringing it back. It says this. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us, who brought her master's much profit by fortune-telling. She was a psychic. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. She ain't lying, right? She ain't lying. And this she did for many days. But listen to this. But Paul... Greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Now, how many of you here would say that in agree that the Apostle Paul, he he probably stayed connected to the kingdom of God, didn't he? Paul, Paul's mind was pretty renewed and, and pretty focused on the things of the kingdom. Amen? His mind was absolutely renewed from his old life of sin and when he was killing Christians in the past, right? He was staying close to God. He was staying connected to the kingdom of God. Now, this girl was following him and his, his evangelistic posse crew all around. And she was, what she was speaking was right. Amen? It said this. It said that it was not the girl speaking it. It was a demon spirit of divination that was using the girl's body and vocal cords to speak through her. Mm-mm-mm. Let me tell you something. The devil, the devil will sound spiritual. 
You ever you ever heard a psychic talk about that? Oh yeah, you, you listen to psychics. Oh they'll the, in you know New Agers they'll tell you. Oh yes, God. Oh go to the light. Uh, blah blah. All these spiritual things, but it's not of God. Come on, somebody, stay away from psychics. Stay away from tarot cards. Stay away from all this junk. Amen. It will get you demons. And if you've ever been involved in it, you probably need to see Marianne and I for some deliverance. Come on. So this girl was following them around. And what, she, what, she, what it was coming out of her mouth sounded very good, very spiritual. But it says after many days. It said Paul became annoyed. You want to know what happened there? The Holy Ghost gave Paul discernment. Saying, you know what? Her motives are not right. In fact, Paul... Here's the, here's the gift of discerning of spirits. Paul, that's not even her. That's a demon speaking through her. Has anybody ever spoke to you before and it sounded good and it was nice, but you felt like you needed to take a shower after it? Come on, somebody. We're getting practical now. Oh, listen, as we move into this revival, this outpouring of what the Holy Spirit's going to do, you better believe. The enemy's going to try to send people to this region. The enemy's going to try to send people to this church to throw confusion. You ever have someone, you know, in a service where, you know, someone, uh, you know, they, they start prophesying something. That it hasn't happened here yet, so I'm not talking about anybody here. They start prophesying and all of a sudden it's like, ooh, man, oh, that don't feel right. That's the Holy Ghost giving discernment that it's not him. But it sounds spiritual. Are you hearing me, somebody? So you got to know someone who is not in tune with what the Holy Spirit is doing would just shrug that off what Paul felt because they would say this. I'm just annoyed. That's just me. No, no, no. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit in unity. So the Holy Spirit speaks to us when sometimes you'll say, is that just me? No, it's the Holy Spirit giving you discernment through your spirit where he abides. My goodness, this is powerful. I'm telling you right now, if, if you're going to do something and you feel a stirring that something ain't right, don't do it. If it's not quite, it's not right. If it's from the Lord, you will have a green light on the inside. You will have peace on the inside. Amen. Now, I'm sure when Peter stepped out of the boat to walk on water, he was a little nervous, right? But he knew and trusted the Lord. There is still a peace on the inside in his spirit, man, to do it. You will know the difference. That's why the word says, like I said, it's sharper than two-edged sword, piercing the dividing of soul and spirit. Soul and spirit. The word of God, when you, that's the importance of renewing your mind with the word. It separates what is of you and what is of the Lord. Amen? Someone's getting this today. And, and listen, this is a timely word because there's someone in here, you're getting ready to go do something and you haven't had peace about it. And this word is for you, whoever that is. Don't do it. If it's not quite, it's not right. Amen? So the evil spirit of divination was trying to distract them uh, from advancing the, the kingdom of God, from, from advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and here's what else was happening. That demon through that girl 
was trying to rile up the enemies of Paul in the evangelistic posse, right? Hey, these are the most high God. In other words, hey, this is them. Go get them out of our area. That's what they're really saying. And a mocking spirit. You ever have someone mock you? Oh my goodness. For your faith at a workplace, maybe? They mock you? Listen, there's times when it's not a person talking to you, but it's a demon. It's a demon speaking directly through them. This, this, that is why the Holy Spirit put this example in the Word of God. Because everything that's spoken is not from a person. And you will know. Come on, after this message, you're going to know. Come on, somebody. All right. So, um, so be careful how you hear. Be careful not to reject truth. Be careful not to miss out when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Be careful not to be deceived by the enemy that's transforming himself into an angel of light. In Luke 8.18, Jesus said, Take heed how you hear, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seems to have, will be taken away. And I want to end it on this. Jesus is telling us this. He said, If you will renew your mind, If you will heal the filter of your soul with my word, he will continue to give you more revelation and use you in a greater way. Or if we fail not to take heed and not heal our soul on the inside, he can't trust you with more truth. He can't trust you, come on, with the keys to the kingdom of God. So church, let's take heed to what we hear and how we hear so we can be used in a powerful way by the Holy Ghost on this earth. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, I'm telling you, be careful how and what you hear. Thank you, Lord, for that word. Thank you that you are sharpening our discernment. You're sharpening. Oh, hallelujah. You're healing souls today. You're healing emotions today. Now, maybe there's someone in this place, you're listening to this and you're like, I'm not even born again. Jesus said today, today, the Bible said today is the day of salvation. Why? Because you don't know. If you're being pricked in your heart now, the truth is revealed to you. You know it. You know, you got to come to Christ. If that's you, I want you to meet me in this corner right over here and let's pray that you would become born again. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you need to rededicate your life. If you drop dead right now, you don't know. You have no confidence that you would go to heaven. If that's you, you need to come over here and we need to pray. And you, you, you know, and you, some of you, you might go to heaven. Don't know. Why take the chance? Rededicate your life today. Amen. Now, maybe there's someone in here you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You feel like there's a lack of power in your life. Well, that's why. Because the Bible says you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses for Jesus. That's not just a witness for ministry. That's a witness in your personal life. Think about that. He gives you power in your personal life as well as your ministry for the Lord. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit baptism, meet me on this corner. And now if there's a prayer for anything else, you need prayer for healing, uh, for anything else, a family member, meet me over here. I'll take as long as we need, but... Lord, I pray for every person in this place. Lord, I thank you that revelation was released. And I pray healing right now over the souls of every person in this place, over the souls of every person watching and listening around the world right now. Lord God, I pray you would heal our filters. 
that we would not reject truth and that we would not receive deception. But Lord God, that we would hear clearly, that we would flow with your Holy Spirit clearly, Lord, that we would not miss out on anything in our life. So, Lord, be with every person. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over them. I encamp them with your holy angels, ministering spirits, their vehicles. Lord, keep them safe. And we thank you for them, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, 6 p.m., Justified Quartet. Tonight, be here. Let's pack this place out, amen. It's free, open to the public. We will have a... uh, a free will offering for them tonight during the concert as well. So, all right. Hey, God bless you, brother. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Visitors, thanks so much for coming. We hope you enjoyed it. Come on back. We're going to have a great time next Sunday as well. And Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night prayer call, Wednesday prayer meeting here at 7, and men's meeting at 8 a.m. Saturday. Living Waters Chapel's moving. Amen. Have a great day. Love you all.